Hi, good afternoon. Uh, this is an episode of Community Voice. Um, my name is Megan Lewis. I'm actually a shared employee of our guest today and Cape Fear Collective. Um, we're recording this episode over Zoom, so bear with us. Um, but I'm here today with Natalie English, President and CEO of the Wilmington Chamber, just to talk about um, how the business community is really coping and what the Chamber is doing to help and um, what may be needed from the community. Um, so Natalie, um, you know, we're a couple weeks into this now, um, since the stay at home order, what are you hearing from businesses as some challenges, um, during this time? Well, sure. You know, I guess the, the biggest challenge is that when you're under a stay at home order, it makes it um, pretty difficult to do business. If your business is a face-to-face business, if you, um, your business is in goods rather than services. And so those, um, that, those are the the businesses with the biggest impacts are are those that are accustomed to doing business face-to-face. And tell, I know some work you've been doing is helping people determine, kind of flesh out the definition of as an essential employer. Um, Can you talk a little bit about some of the groups you maybe have worked with on Um, that definition? Sure, I would start with that the the guidance that Governor Cooper um, placed in his or his initial order um, basically said that if you can do your business uh, by incorporating social distancing, then you can still do business. So any business, even those who do business face to face traditionally and pass a good from their hands to a customer's hand and take a payment from a customer's hand, um, that's not social distancing, right? And so um, those. So those businesses, as they can transition to online types of transfer of goods and and payment, they can continue doing business and and consider themselves essential in that way. Of course, there were lots of businesses that were identified, whether through the governor's order, through local orders, or even through federal guidelines that were issued by the Homeland Security Department about essential businesses. And they, and I think they're mostly obvious, certainly. So, so even before you get to that caveat that the governor's order made essential businesses, um, healthcare, food, um, access to uh, pharmaceuticals, um, their, uh, even construction and real estate services are considered essential as people still have to ensure that they have um, a roof over their head. And, and so um, it's a fairly long list of essential businesses. Um, manufacturing in, a, in, in almost every manufacturing uh, is connected somehow even to those industries that, that I mentioned before. And so um, the, they're called CISA, C-I-S-A guidelines um, at the Department of Homeland Security. So I would start there. Those are essential um, according to the governor's order, as well as those those that can do their business with social distancing. So when you get past that, though, there are businesses um, that have been specifically told they're not. And and so we've tried to work with them uh, several over the last several weeks to uh, figure out whether we can make changes in that. it, initially, we worked with the real estate industry to ensure that um, that they were being considered uh, essential. We've helped to guide businesses to uh, the State Department of Emergency Services to ensure that if a business is um, an essential business, but it might not be that obvious. We have mm-hmm. manufacturers that manufacture a, a product, a chemical that is used in things like water purification, mm-hmm. and without their product which is used in lots of other things too, but it, without their product, our water wouldn't be 
purified. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that we consider them essential businesses. Uh, and then uh, working with those industries that are very close contact industries, uh, whether it be uh, general retail outside the food service and pharmaceutical retail or uh, auto dealers and, and boat dealers, places like that that are very close contact. Getting in a car for a test drive is very close contact and community uh, transfer can be um, fairly easy in close corridor like that. And so working with those industries, um, one, to uh, give them access and, and a voice to whether their work is, is essential or should be considered essential, and then helping them identify the ways they can become essential by practicing their work a little differently. Right, right. And so that guidance for companies or industries as a whole that are kind of questioning how or if they're essential, is it reaching out to you? Is there, um, like, can you speak to a little bit the process to kind of get those questions answered? Sure. And we, we are happy to be a conduit to the information. Um, even though uh, last week the city attorney gave me an honorary law degree <laughs> um, with an interpretation that I offered, I am not a lawyer and I would not pretend to be one and wouldn't want my counsel and advice to be taken to court, so to speak. But um, we are happy to be a connector and a, and a facilitator of the information that any business needs in mm -hmm. this community as they're working through this. And so they can certainly start with the chamber with um, an email uh, info at wilmingtonchamber.org. We have set up a business EOC. And so there's business EOC at wilmingtonchamber.org. Either of those email messages will get to the right place so that we can help connect business owners with the resources that they need as they are also navigating their need for financial resources that our federal government and the banking institutions in our, in our country are trying to provide. That's awesome. So as we're seeing, you know, sadly, so many um, companies and industries have to do layoffs. Conversely, I know you've mentioned a couple industries or specific businesses that are having to ramp up kind of talent and human capital. Can you, what does that look like? What, what types of people are you hearing from that need workforce? Sure. sure. Well, um, all of our food, um, retail establishments, uh, grocery stores and the, the big box retailers that, um, so Walmart, Target, um, Costco, Sam's clubs, um, BJ's, uh, and then again, um, every grocery store brand name that you can think of is hiring a lot of people. So that's one, it seems kind of obvious. There's a lot of stocking and they've implemented new cleaning protocols. And so they just need extra people to do those things. And then a lot of people are shopping online for pickup, which is, which is a great service as a single mom, I've taken advantage of it for quite some time. Um, but now more people are taking advantage of it again to maintain those social distancing guidelines that have been recommended to us. And so uh, grocery stores, there are also significant needs in the logistics and distribution industries. So um, Amazon, uh, Instacart, which is another one of those that online orders. Did you have <laughs> yeah. an Instacart order? Sure. Um, and so those, they are all looking for um, additional uh, workforce resources, if you will. So, and I, and I think that, um, you know, 
the 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 distribution industry itself is so um, truck driving or the the transportation piece of it in some areas has been negatively impacted. I think some some manufacturing processes are on hold um, because the the demand is not there for that product. Um, redeploying that the the truck driving the transportation part of industry um, to some other area is also I think an area an area that some some folks in that industry are looking at I don't know that um, it's being done as successfully as I hope it will mm-hmm. become but those are the areas that I'm hearing from folks and then of course um, it goes without saying that our, our banks um, I, I haven't heard that any of them are actually hiring anybody yet but the just the workload with regard to responding to all of the small business loan applications that are coming in under the paid Check protection program. Uh, that is um, an industry that is going to start to uh, to to feel the burn, if you will, and then and then um, across the board, recognizing those are just those are just high growth areas. But when you also look at the possibility that people may become infected, a lot of industries are um, already thinking about backfilling in the event that they have a part of their workforce that needs to take time away to get well. And, um, you know, a lot of folks are also thinking through like innovative ways to keep doors open, you know, during this time, um, those essential um, businesses. And I know the Chamber's done a great job in highlighting a lot of those practices. Any that stick out to you as kind of growing in popularity as far as um, how to handle this difficult time? Sure. You know, I think the two industries um, most hard hit, but you know, you call them your main street businesses. It's your restaurants and your bars, um, breweries, uh, as well as local uh, and boutique retail establishments. Uh, Most of those have traditionally not been online businesses. They've been very intimate, uh, personal connections between the owners and their customers. And their repeat business is, is important. Their word of mouth business is important. But when you don't have that that connection happening, there's a significant impact to your business. Those that are uh, finding ways uh, to to maintain some cash flow are the ones that are figuring out how to create an online platform that allows either shipping um, when it comes to retail goods um, and or uh, pickup. Uh, the North Carolina stay-at-home order now limits carry out, so you can't go into the establishment to pick up the food or the retail good. But if that retail owner, restaurant, or goods uh, can create a system whereby I can phone in or go online and order what I want and then go pick it up outside, that is perfectly okay. And so that goes back to the... Um, encouraging businesses to innovate the, in the way that they do business so that they can incorporate social distancing, that then makes them considered an essential business. Right, right. And I, I know as all this is going on, you've um, spoken about at least what you're hearing from businesses. I understand the chamber and working with some partners is also trying to really capture this data and surveying the business community. Can you speak about um, you know, what does that survey look like? How can people find it? Um, so we can start really, and back to your previous point, redirecting maybe some of these, um, you know, now unemployed into where these high growth needs are. 
Sure. So uh, all of the economic development organizations in our region, the, the chambers of commerce in the counties around us, uh, Wilmington Business Development, Wilmington Downtown Inc., all uh, base the Home Builders Association and the Realtors have all sent the link to this survey out to their members. And um, we're encouraging the businesses to, to, to fill it out. It's a high level survey. We're not asking for significant detail about the needs facing an individual business. Uh, we're asking a little bit higher level simply to get an aggregate and ensure that as, as our local government and certainly our state government look at how do we layer on support programming uh, beyond the federal programs that are being enacted uh, because mm -hmm. we do believe there will be a layering of effects and programs. And so um, this data we think will help inform at least our local elected officials as they consider those things. And, and we intend to share them with our state legislators from the Cape Fear region so that they can also know uh, what are the largest uh, needs and the biggest concerns of business owners. And so um, if you're connected with any of those organizations as a business owner, then you should be able to access the survey that way. If you're not, feel free to connect with us again through business EOC at wilmingtonchamber.org or info at wilmingtonchamber.org and we'll be happy to send the survey link out. That's wonderful. Um, and we'll be sure to post that. Um, I know it's going out today in the Cape Fear Collective newsletter. Um, and we'll be sure to post it on our website as well for um, folks to access that. Um, encourage nonprofit owners as well to kind of fill that out and how it's impacting um, your ability to um, do programs and services in the community as well, because it will certainly be a collective effort for recovery. Um, Natalie, just kind of any closing comments as far as um, how do you see that transition to recovery coming and um, what role is the chamber willing and able to play in that? Well, sure. And I know that there are a number of organizations in our community looking at what, what is recovery going to look like for certainly for individuals who've lost their jobs. Um, what can what can uh, philanthropists in our community do to help uh, those uh, uh, those folks find resources in addition to whatever unemployment resources might be available? Uh, we at the chamber will be partnering with Cape Fear Collective, as well as the city and the county, uh, to determine what does an overall economic recovery plan look like? What do we need to be developing here in New Hanover County and the Cape Fear region that will help get our businesses back uh, full for bore so that when this Paycheck Protection Program funding uh, runs out and or is no longer um, a, a crutch. And I, and, and I say that word not because I, I, I think anyone's trying to find a crutch, but that it is. It is simply gap. It is not mm -hmm. recovery. And so when the when that gap funding, if you will, um, starts to, to be depleted, uh, how do we as a community come together to develop in additional programming, going back again to that layering on of programs at the state and local and philanthropy levels um, that will help ensure that our businesses get back running so that people get re-employed and, and our economy starts to turn again. And doing that in a way that's equitable, in a way that um, looks at where is, where is the greatest need in our community and how do we layer the, all of the other societal needs um, that um, existed before the crisis for some populations, but um, were exacerbated 
associated with this crisis. Uh, and then, uh, you know, of course, uh, identified for us an even broader swath of our population that is vulnerable and how do we ensure we're ad adapting programs. So the chamber's role in that, we think, is a facilitator to get uh, an effort started to identify those partners to uh, to collaborate and and then help move that into that that implementation phase. Mm -hmm. Certainly not the lead implementer, but a facilitator to bring people to a table that or to many tables probably who, that will uh, find solutions and be, begin to develop programming. Well, and I know we look forward to partnering on that with others. Um, you know. We're all here to help, I guess, is the, the message that, um, you know, we will get through this. And um, there's some organizations, certainly um, the chamber included, that are working uh, day in and day out to make sure that that support is there. Um, so, I mean, with that, um, we both have a shared interest, and in, along with many others, in um, supporting our local business and industry as much as possible. I know the chamber has a resource page uh, where you can kind of find these innovative practices and links to resources as businesses. Um, so we'll encourage folks to check that out as well. Any um, kind of parting words? We appreciate you know that, your time today. Yeah, sure. And thank you for inviting the chamber and, and me specifically to participate, Megan. I think that you know, the hashtag, you know, and the and the phrase everybody's saying is we're in this together and and we are. And I'll use the analogy that you know following Hurricane Florence, we were in this together as a Cape Fear region. And there were a lot of people around the country who helped us, right? And um, the difference now is that we really are all in this together, all over the country, all over the globe. And so we've got to stay in this together to identify the ways we come out of it, um, simply because there isn't um, a group of people outside our region who were not impacted, who can just step up and, and be there to help us. They have the same issues in their own communities. And so getting really creative uh, together is how we're going to come out of this. And, and the chamber is committed to being a part of that. Wonderful. Well, thank you. We look forward to joining you in that effort. And um, again, those, uh, please be on the lookout for that survey as far as how this is affecting your business, um, a list of resources on the Chamber's website, and uh, can also email info at wilmingtonchamber.org. Natalie, thank you. Thank you.